Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Sunday, the 14th of May, 2023. This is episode 258, and just having a lovely chat off the air about uh, McDonald's breakfasts and our sports teams shitting the bed. <laughs> Which one do you want to discuss first? Both of you. It seems like both of the things are uh, probably nice for a loose, loose bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's go. I, listen, McDonald's, I'm telling you, you, say what you want. Fucking Egg McMuffin is great. Breakfast, they're, 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 that's a legitimate good sandwich. Anywhere. Like the eggs. Are you getting just the egg or are you getting a sausage and egg or bacon and egg or just, just the Egg McMuffin? Just, you yeah, get just using that as well? Yeah, just, yeah, you get like, uh, well, they call it Canadian bacon, but it's like, it's like a ham. You know, it's like a, uh, it's like a ham, but it's like a thick cut ham. So, um, yeah, that's what that's that's standard. I get the standard egg McMuffin, and like uh, the English muffins are delicious, and the cheese. I don't know everything about it. I don't know what the fuck. The eggs are real eggs, and whatever the fuck they do, they do it well. That's for sure. And you can. And, and the thing about it is, is that you could get it anywhere in the world. Like if you, and I know we talk about like. Eating, you know, horse meat and raw horse meat, and you know, we go f- from one extreme to another. We love our food. We love uh, different dishes, but there is nothing more comforting than a fucking egg McMuffin, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm very partial to the. I, I quite like their bagels as well. Do you get the bagels over there? <sighs> yeah, we well, we get the bagel sandwiches. Like you, yeah, the, yeah, we have that. Um, yeah, I like the bagel sandwich with uh, sausage and egg. That's good. Mm. And the pancakes with maple syrup. Yeah. The hash browns are really nice. They are incredibly greasy. Yes. I do feel like shit after eating one, but they are very, very good. Right. They're salted perfectly. They're crispy and yet, uh, you know, potatoey inside. Like, you can get these hash browns. Like, we have a convenience store. Like, 
the equivalent of like a Lawson's or, a, you know, the 7-Elevens. Uh, we have Wawa. Wawa is a local thing in uh, the Northeast Philly area, actually. Um, and they have hash browns. They are like eating fucking a dirty tampon. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just the worst. Like, how do you fuck up a hash brown? They, they find a way to fuck it up. And every time, though, McDonald's, perfect. Perfect every time. And I'm sorry. If we're talking French fries, dude, or crisps, uh, not crisps. What do you call French fries? No, uh, chips. chips. Well, no, we call them French fries. I think there's a, a clear difference between a French fry and a chip. Is a there? chip is like a, a, a thick cup okay. that you might get like in a fish and chip shop. Okay. A French fry is the thin ones. Okay. I like that. Okay. All right. That's probably true. I never really thought of it that way. But yes, yes. Uh, but they're perfect, aren't they? Like, a, the, as a French fry, you don't get much better than a fucking McDonald's French fry. Only if they're fresh out of the fry. Because on the other side of the spectrum, the worst thing in the world is, I don't know if you've ever had a McDonald's delivery but when the French fries get delivered and yeah. you pour them out and they're all sad and right. soggy and just because you know what they could have been, you know what they were <laughs> right, you're like right. 15 minutes previously and right. there's this just terrible sense of loss. <laughs> yeah, it is. I hear you. No, I'm, I'm right there with it. Yeah, they don't – that's the thing. They don't keep very well, right? Like you're not going to put, oh, I'm full. I'm going to put away these French fries in the – no, no. That's, they're, they're not going to taste good. Um, Yes, but then right out of the fryer, yeah, yeah. Per- again, perfectly seasoned, perfectly seasoned. Ah, uh, but everything else. Do you shit. like nuggets? McNuggets? No, man. I, I that it kind of grosses me out how they make them. So, I look like if I'm bombed out of my mind, um, I would have gotten a, yeah, I would have no problem. But like, sober Damon. <laughs> He's, he's not he's not having a fucking McNugget. Um, <laughs> putting, putting the McNuggets behind you. That's, that was a, a different phase of your life. Yeah. You're a better man. Uh, exactly. That came up in a pub quiz quite recently that was in about the, the – you know the McNuggets have got four different shapes and they've each got a special name. Are you aware of that? Really? No. Hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. There's the ball, the bell, the bone, and the boot. Wow, I had I just thought they were a hunk of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just like like just like dehydrated poop is what I would say. Um, I don't know. I've never really. I don't know. I've never really been the big chicken nugget guy. Um, Oh, there they are. Joel's just. I don't know why I sent you that. I sent you that on WhatsApp. And now you can see the four nugget shapes. I can see it. There's the bell. Okay, so that's a bell. Bone and bell. I mean, really? Is there much difference? And then boot? I mean, is that, an, is that an actual thing? Yeah, I guess yeah. it is, right? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I, I honestly didn't know that. But. Um, uh, oh well, who gives a shit? Uh, do you? Uh, uh, do you? What's your go-to McDonald's sandwich? Uh, oh, I don't eat McDonald's that often, to be honest. Me neither. We're more of a 
KFC family here. Oh, look at you with the chicken. Uh, Thai KFC is it's, it's different gravy. Like Thai KFC is the shit. It's fantastic. Really? Uh. When you go to KFC in Thailand, they serve your food on a plate with like a knife and fork. Yeah. And your drink comes in a glass, an actual glass. Wow. Get treated. You get treated well at KFC here. The KFCs that I've been to in other countries, like in the UK, it's just like absolute shit. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> just throw it on the floor yeah. and say, "Eat it off the floor, you fucking pig." Uh, for the, <laughs> the kind of service you get there, but uh, say it's terrible. Like, KFC in Thailand, you get like nice little. You get nice like they, they do rice bowls, so like a you know rice with the the chicken on top and. You know, a bit of vegetable or like wow. Thai green curry sauce. And there's, yeah, there's a whole range of uh, delicious sort of local twists. That's one of my favorite things actually about going on holiday, going to fast food restaurants and just seeing the, the sort of local takes on the McDonald's. You know, like you go to what have they got in Japan? Like a teriyaki uh, burger, then they yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I try to stay out. I did the only time I ever had fast food, like like. You know, the American fast food in Japan was it was like early in the morning and I had jet lag. So I was up and there's nobody out. But uh, in uh, was it Shibuya? Yeah, it was in Shibuya. Um, the McDonald's was open. So I was like, All right. and, and so I want to be clear. I'm not eating the McDonald's. I just like to look and see what oh. you know what the, the local <laughs> things are at the menu. Okay, All right. well, if you think I'm in Tokyo and eating McDonald's, then I, I, I would need serious. I would need to be locked up. You, need you to want be committed for uh, you want a mo- crimes against the culinary world. You want a money saving tip? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, don't. Save your money. Don't travel, and just go on YouTube. I'm sure you'll find it. There. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of people that can do the, the dirty work for you. It's good. All right. All right. Well, I, did, I watched. It. Do, you, do you know um, the report of the week? Review bra, as he's as he's known as his nickname. The guy who does YouTube videos reviewing all the new fast food items. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of them. Describe him for me. Uh, he's very, he's got a very unique look. Um, he could be anywhere from between 20 to about 50. He <laughs> looks like a, a kind of a, a haunted ventriloquist dummy, uh, side parting suit. That's about three sizes too big for him. Wow. He's pretty just, that, is that ringing any bells? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, but, but, but I, right. think, I feel like there's a lot of them. I thought this guy was really famous. I thought everyone knew about this guy. Uh-huh. Maybe it's just a very niche uh, internet thing. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I have, uh, once again, Joel Abraham checking in. Uh, have I seen this guy? Oh, my God. He is an odd-looking fellow. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like his he's hair a is weirdo, but I love him. Yeah, he looks no he, he's like Alfalfa from back. Yes, in... yeah, from the little rascal. Yeah. yeah, he's got that look going on. Well golly! <laughs> Jeez. Alright, very good. Alright. Uh yep. So there's that's the fast food for you. See, you you come for the new Japan, but you Get a little fast food knowledge. You want to, where do you want to go next? You want to go heartbreak sports, or uh, you want to just jump right in? Uh, I, I, I'm past the heartbreak personally. I, I was just sort of as before we were recording, tuning into the first half of 
Everton against Man City. Because basically Arsenal are in a position where we would need City to drop points in at least two of their remaining four Premier League games. I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe Everton might do us a favour. And then I uh, went to the toilet. It was nil-nil. I went to the toilet, came back, and it's 2 nil to City. So I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm, I'm done with football for this season. Uh, so I've checked out. But no, I'd, I'd already made my piece with a heartbreak uh, before. I'm still sticking to my gun. Second place is good. That's fine. Happy with that. Back in the Champions League. Right. Uh, Tottenham, no Champions League for them. So... That's also great. We're the only London club in the Champions League next season, so oh. that's a nice little feather in our cap. Um, Who, who's but, BHA? Yeah. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Oh, because uh, like I have this thing in my office. It's like a ticker. Um, I don't know why I really like tickers, <laughs> um, like scrolling tickers. Uh, it has sports stuff, and I have some Premier League on there uh, that. You know, just to just update like upcoming games and scores and shit. I just literally when you were talking about Arsenal, I turned my head and uh, that was there. And I was like, who the fuck's that? Who do they play? All right. There you go. All right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm you know, look, we were going into this feeling pretty good. Uh, if you could say one thing, what, what would you what? What? Looking back, what would you change? What 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 was the turning point? And and if I could fix that thing, we'd be home free. Um, probably starting players in the Europa League games that we shouldn't have started. Yeah. Uh, one of them got injured, William Saliba, and without him, it sort of fell apart for us defensively. That sort of disrupted the rhythm because he's a player who likes to play the ball out from the back, and that was a big part of our build-up strategy. But, I mean, injuries happen. You can't really legislate for that. But um, I don't know, man. We played City twice this season. They pretty much battled us both times. I think you've got to say sort of fair enough there. You know, yeah. We might have squeaked through otherwise, but we were quite comfortably the, the second-best team in the league. I don't think, you know, even if City do fall apart at this point, the fact that they've beaten us 4-1 at their place and 3-1 at our place just tells you they're than us, really. So, all right, all right. I'm trying to find a silver lining for you, but trying to find a little, uh, little ray of sunshine in there. I know it's, it's okay. Uh, no, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. We've got very, very young squads. Right. And I think we'll get even better. I think we'll keep keep the core of the team together, and yeah, looking forward to next year getting back into Europe, having those Champions League nights. Well, when I was younger, I always used to watch those on a Tuesday or Wednesday night with a Chinese takeaway. So, looking forward to getting that ritual going again next year. Nice. And being able to watch them at a reasonable hour, obviously being <laughs> back in the UK, right. the the matches will kick off at what seven forty five in the evening rather than two forty five a.m. here. So, I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, excited about that. Yeah, that's good. Are you excited for the move? Like, are you? Are you uh, okay, when can I ask when when is the target date to uh, leave Thailand, go back to the UK? Um, end of July, early August. Okay. All right. So we got a little bit of time, a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. my last question would be, Are you? what are you most excited about go, coming home, aside from family, aside from family? Uh, and what is the All one thing- in at Wembley Stadium to see my favorite <laughs> wrestling promotion. Yeah. Hoping for the MGF versus Adam Cole main event. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seems like Adam Cole. No, so much ticket if they do that. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! I if I get served up another Adam Cole main event against my will, <laughs> right? Right. It seems like every time there's an outside event, Adam Cole is headlining it. Um, what is the one thing that you're going to miss in Thailand? Uh, obviously the food. That's, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Okay. Not that's nice as well. Not the lady boys. Sort of <laughs> Uh, lady boys are great. Very, very attractive. Yes. Them too. How does that happen? Like, I mean, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. I was on YouTube, people. Uh, and uh, they were interviewing a few of them. And my God, like, not just like, oh, okay. Good looking. All right. You, you pulled it off. Uh, stunning. No, but absolutely smoking hot. Right. Like putting, putting both other genders to shame. Like, right. right. Like, but like transcendentally beautiful creatures. Right. Like, wow. You are so right. Right. I'm just like, what? I like, I, I mean, I mean, look, whatever you're into, whatever you're into, but I would be, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I wouldn't, like, I, it, it's very difficult to, I mean, I don't. I'm, uh, let me ask you this: Are there sections where the lady boys would predominantly hang out, or is, are they mixed into general population? And you you wouldn't know. Uh, no, they're, they're part of the community. They're, no, no. Um, I mean, when they work. Oh right, you, like sex workers. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. There are certain clubs in certain parts of town okay. where. Okay. If you're looking for that sort of action, that's that's where you go. Wow. I think the name of the what's it, is it? I'll have to look this up. I, I think the name of the bar is Cockatoos, which is uh, <laughs> wow. Cockatoo bar. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, that makes sense. All right. Listen. Yeah. Whatever you're into, I'll tell you what. She fits. I I I don't know. I I they're they're stunning. 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 All right. Well, there you go. There's a lady uh, boy talk. Uh, we got a little uh, England talk. What, what's next, Joel, on this fine podcast? Um, <laughs> well, I had a great transition from Adam Cole to Tiny Wrestlers that I do actually want to watch and talk about, and that's uh, the best of the Super Juniors. Ah. <laughs> uh, the 30th edition, which uh, kicked off on May the 12th. And we have had three events so far. But actually, before we get into Best of the Super Juniors, Damon, I've got a question from Dr. Gary. Okay. Who wants to speak to music, Damon. Oh. And he says, any standouts from the new themes that we've had lately? TMDK and Yota Suji's new theme are both bangers to me. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while since we've checked in with you on your thoughts on entrance themes. Mm. Anyone get, getting your toes tapping? Not really. I'm trying to think of one like every time I, I think of it, I think of like older ones that, that I still like. I'm trying to think of like what would be the best one now. Uh boy. I don't know. I'm I don't know if I don't know if anything's really hitting the mark for me when it comes to like nothing stands out. Do how about you? I mean, do you think anything stands out? I think they all feel very generic. Yeah, I mean, for the best of the Super Juniors guys, my I really like Kanemaru's, and obviously that's not a new one, but that's got that nice sort of grimy right. 
feel to it that I think fits this aesthetic. Um, I can tell you as I don't like, Go ahead. which is do, 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 do. yo, do, 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 do. yo. <laughs> it stinks, damn it. But it's kind of so bad that it's almost endearing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so shit. I haven't reached um, that point yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're in a, a sort of down cycle when it comes to good entrance musics. Robbie yeah. Eagles, quite like that one. Yeah, that one's fine. That was fine. Um, I was actually, uh, it's funny that you mentioned this question because I was actually like, so today's show, um, Francisco and, uh, and, and Robbie and, you know, Akira is coming to the ring and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this music kind of thing, you know, I would be like, oh, this music's kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I do remember thinking that though. Uh, it's funny that you said that, but yeah, no, nothing's really like, I'm trying to think of like new ones, newer ones. And there's really ha- I, like, I don't think there's, I still like Taguchi's, <laughs> you know, I still like, yeah, Kushida's is the best. Oh, no doubt. Still. No doubt. I say it all the time, but like when we were talking about doing this podcast, we, you know, theme songs and shit. And I was like, oh. Kushida might be up on uh, on my list of of tunes, especially when he's not there. It'd be great. But... Did I share that video with you about Kushida's theme being used for dog surfing? What? <laughs> Kushida's theme music is the absolute perfect background music for surfing dogs. <laughs> Why? Have you not seen this? I have not seen this at all. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. We'll have to find it. All right. Let's right. <laughs> see what this year surfing dogs Kushida. <laughs> is it, wait, so is it just somebody who just randomly made a video, or is it like a legitimate thing? Like, a, is there a, like a competition where dogs surf? Uh, I think it was just a tweet, actually, and someone just <laughs> put the put the two together. All right, let's see. Um, Come on, yeah, you're gonna have to have a okay. look and watch this. I'm, I'm going to retweet it for everyone else. Yes, yes, I've already retweeted it. There Did it is. Okay, it? let's see. There it is. Oh my god. All the little doggies have got GoPros attached to them and little surfing jackets. This is great. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. This is fantastic. You're right. You are exactly right. There's nothing better than this. If you're having a bad day, listener, just watch the video of the surfing dogs to Kushida's thing. Yes. It'll put a smile on your face. Oh, it's such a good thing, though, too. Yep. Maybe we can make that competition for which other Super Juniors themes go with animals taking part in extreme sports. <laughs> right, right. Maybe like show's theme is particularly good for um, hamsters doing rock climbing. I don't know. There's there's a whole world out there we could explore. Great frisbee toss. Like who would be a good, you know, dogs <laughs> for the frisbee, you know? Uh, and the ones, you ever see the ones that dive? Like they have a diving competition? What's- no, I've not. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like a, the dogs like run off this ledge at, into a pool, mind you. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think it, I think they I think it's distance is what they're looking for. Um, yeah, they have that. Yep. And then you ever see like the the ones where they're doing the slalom in between, and it goes so fast they're like weaving it in and out. 
It's like an obstacle course. You've never seen this? No. Oh, my God. But now I've started thinking about these YouTube channels where they do um, obstacle courses for hamsters. You ever watch those? I haven't watched hamsters, but I've definitely watched dogs. Um, I've watched, and I I also have watched a mouse or two do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a rat or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They have like whole competitions where these dogs go through these obstacle courses. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. There's dog talk for you (laughs) here on the Super (laughs) J-Cast. Oh, fuck us. All right. So best of the Super Junior. Yeah. Uh, Louis says, is the onion on English commentary over with you guys, or do you wish him a fate of being part of the Chanko stew for the Dojo Boys? Okay. So I got to ask, because there was one show that I watched, but I had the sound kind of low. Um, And then I heard about this onion thing, and I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I, I like, I, I guess I had to get it from the beginning. Is it like a running gag on on commentary? What, like, what, what's going on with this? I don't know. I don't even know how it started. But they just the first show. They were just incessantly talking about an onion. There was an onion on in the commentary booth wearing a headset, <laughs> and I don't know why it's there. Yeah, and um, it was just referenced ad nauseum in every single match <laughs> it was really irritating you don't like it you don't like the onion talk no uh no, they've, they've dialed it back a bit i thought they, the ratio of wrestling commentary to onion bits was was uh, much better today so yeah well done to the country best in the business for getting that balance right between uh onion gags and uh comment commentary absolutely absolutely i mean do you think that you were just trying to do a gag like just do a bit just out of boredom I don't know. <sighs> Didn't work. Didn't I'm, trying to find, I'm, I'm searching on Discord to see if anyone can actually explain where the onion came from. Yeah, what's the deal with the onion? Um, that, I mean, why don't you... I mean, I could text Kevin. Be like, what the fuck's going on with the onion? Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's a good payoff to it. I hope by the end of Best of the Super Juniors, it has like decisively factors into someone's match. Like show uses yeah. the onion to attack her. <laughs> you know what I would like? I like the for the the onion like on top of like a little half uh, full thing of water, a glass of water. You ever do that? Like when you're in school and watch the roots? Oh burn. yeah, yeah, and it, it sprouts. Yeah, Maybe they should do that. Maybe they should do that. It'd be like the gobbledygooker. It's like somebody will come out of the onion. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's so big. Open up the onion, peel it, and oh, look, it's you, your Weber. He's come <laughs> back from his excursion, and now he's Onion Man. Hooray. Uh, don't get near his balls. They stink. Dresses up like a giant <laughs> onion. A big onion costume. Oh. Wow, this is a terrible gimmick. Terrible gimmick. Uh, the Onion Man. Oh, <laughs> boy, this is going off the rails. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Oh. All right. Yeah, I don't understand that onion man stuff. So, all right, listen, I'll, I could send that. I could fire off a text, see what we can do to uh, get to the bottom of this. Maybe he won't no, tell. No, 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 no. Let's. I'll, I'll use a WWE. Let's let the story play out. Okay. I think they're going somewhere. They've got to finish the story with the onion. Okay. Yeah, they're better going to benefit the doubt here that there's yeah that there's a, a satisfying narrative dramatic 
conclusion to the uh, the Onion Tales. Oh, I hope so. I hope they just didn't do it. Fi- you know, like I hope it's like like Kevin woke up in like a fever dream and he's like, I got this fucking great. He's calling Chris. I got this great idea. <laughs> no, this is this is he's got Kikuchi's fingerprints all over it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, you know. The onion payoff at Tokyo Dome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what have we become? All right. I know. There's going to be footage of, uh, was it Wrestle Kingdom 9 when Okada lost to Tanahashi and he was sobbing uncontrollably as he was led away from the ring. You remember that, right? I do, yes. Yeah, they're going to show that footage and zoom in (laughs) and you're going to see the onion lurking him cry in ghetto <laughs> in ghetto's hands and that was what was making Okada cry <laughs> oh, oh fucking a yeah that's probably right it's probably right. yeah the whole thing is an onion the, the whole company is it has been run by an onion <laughs> onion why the fuck are we talking about an onion we're doing it now <laughs> Like, right, like, okay, but here's the thing they started it right now. We're fucking picking up on it, like, it's, it's gonna spread all over wrestling now. Everybody's gonna be fucking talking about an onion, like, that's that's manipulation right there. They're manipulating the fans right there. Woo, look at us, yeah. right in it. All right, Played right into the hands. Wouldn't be the first time, that's true. That's true, anyway. Um. Best of the Super Juniors, then. General <laughs> thoughts. I thought really, really great night one. A pretty subdued night two, which is largely due to the shit crowd. Night three, I thought back on form again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is standing out to me is this is a really, really strong roster of, of junior heavyweights here because they had that core of quality during the pandemic when they had those sort of later in the calendar year, best of super juniors, where they're like 10 guys, 12 guys of, yeah, you know, really high quality wrestlers. But since then, I think they have added very smartly to it. Just a really nice mix of young talent, like LA Dojo guys, um, like indie guys, veterans, you know, these people who just like, they just seem to have the balance perfectly here. And all these guys that they've added, there's not, there's not many people who are completely unfamiliar to the style or to the other guys in the blocks. Like even the new people that have been added, like for example, Kevin Knight have wrestled most of the other people in the blocks, whether that's been in, in the States or in tag action or what have you. So there's a lot more familiarity between these wrestlers than there have been in previous years. Like last year, you know, we threw, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, El Linden into the mix, uh, Wheeler Utah, which was cool. Um, but there was a lot more sort of feeling out there. Whereas here, the people that have been thrown into the mix, I feel they've just hit the ground running. Right. Uh, this is, uh, I was talking to Jay Michael about this this morning, actually. like He says that these wrestlers are so familiar with each other that they're telling their stories in a much shorter space of time. Because the average match length is is way down here compared to normal best of the super juniors, and I think part of that is because we're getting a high density of these ten match cards, right. but also they're able to get in and out and you know tell those stories and, and wrestle these cohesive and, and really good matches. I think the floor for the best of the super juniors has been very very high. There's not been anything bad at all, um, and I think a large part of that is 
yeah, because these guys are really familiar to each other. Yeah, it's it, it, here's the thing with tournaments like this, and even G one to a certain degree. It's like you know, it's a grind. So you know, day six and day five, you know those, you know those shows in the middle where it's kind of like okay, you know, we're trying, trying, we're trying to find the goodness here. Um, I, I haven't like for me, there's been nothing that has been bad. Um, there has been nothing that has even been like, eh, okay. Like, I think everything's landed at least in, in a good scale, number one. And that might have a lot to do with the fact that what you mentioned, that they are already familiar with each other. And, uh, for the most part, I do like when it is a bit of a tell at this point though, but I do like when they debut a guy against a big star and the big star loses like that. I love that. I I definitely do. Um, There's so much talent there though. There's, there's really so much talent. And here's another thing too. I mean, I, I don't know what goes on back there, back behind the curtain, but boy, I tell you, People just don't have any, or it doesn't feel like they do, have any problems putting anybody else over. And that's kind of nice, you know? Like, that's, to me, is, is you know, almost the spirit of the of Best of the Super Juniors, where you, you have that. Um, of course, you get the old, all right, there's people that you may not have expected coming out of the gate hot, and we're expecting them to cool off, and then... Uh, vice versa, people that you know might not have a uh, a lot of wins right now, but are expected to be in the mix at the end. So, so far, so good, man. I mean, there's a lot of talent, and I said this before. This is this is flying under the radar for a lot of people. I, I feel, and I think that's a mistake. Like, there's so much stuff just that just on paper is really, 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 really sexy. Um, and, and, uh, you get it almost on a nightly basis. So uh, no complaints from me so far. So good. Yeah. Let's uh, dip into a block first then let's go from the top. So we have uh, Mike Bailey, who is three and oh, six points. And I thought the debut match that that made against main event against Hiromu was fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed Mike Bailey. He's got, all the energy of like a sort of 80s, 90s Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, like distilled into one odd little Canadian fella. Um, I enjoyed all his shenanigans at the press conference. He was putting a lot of silly faces in the backgrounds and um, <laughs> Leo Rush shouted at him and then him and Taguchi were looking at each other like two little kids that had just been yelled at by the teacher. Uh, so that was good. He's just got this sort of brilliant shit-eating grin, which I'm sure is deliberate. Like he's got a very punchable face. Yeah. But he's very fun to watch. Uh, it's kind of like a sort of disingenuous corniness about him, which, yeah, you know, I think that's uh, intentional. Like he's trying to disarm his opponents. The guy's a fucking weirdo, basically. Uh, not dissimilar to Alex Zane, actually, but I, I like his style. Like I like all the the taekwondo, the kicks, um, the lack of shoes. It's different. And I think it freshens up these shows. Um, I've been impressed with not just his wrestling, but also his Japanese skills. He seems to be very fluent in the language. And, yeah, I mean, keeping all that stuff in mind, 
maybe a guy that New Japan might want to stick around. And look, I've said that before. Like we came out of last year's best of the Super Juniors, and I was thinking, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, El Lindemann, if they're available, sign them up. Mm. And <laughs> you know, you can't find them with a the search bike this year. So nothing is set in stone. Um, and I don't know what Mike, Mike Bailey necessarily wants to do going forward, what his contractual status is with Impact. But so far, I think he's made a really great start. And you can tell he's put a lot of effort and thought into it. Even little things like after that match with show when he'd had his foot attack with a wrench and he was limping out afterwards using a, a chair as a crutch. Like he's obviously uh, putting a lot of care into these matches. Um, yeah, he's he's been really, really good so far. He's been good for a long time. He's like one of those guys where you're kind of saying to yourself, why doesn't this guy have a job, you know, with a major company? Um, and again, maybe, you know, it's a personal choice, but yeah, he's always been one of those guys where it's like, okay, well, he's, he's available, right? <laughs> let's, let's, let's lock him down. There is a part of me though. And I, I do agree that, um, the idea of, of having these guys be in new Japan and, and, you know, we see them more often. There is a part of me, a big part of me that, I really enjoy the idea of, I don't know, throw the number four, three. There's these slots that are available every single year, right? Um, And there's that freshness that's involved with that. There's always a new face. There's always a new uh, interesting guy that maybe you're not 100% familiar with, but you know, they're put in this, in this spotlight and you become a fan of, right? I think a lot of people are that way with Mike Bailey, right? I, I, you know, you gotta be pretty, you gotta be pretty in the weeds, right? To, to go into this with, you know, Mike Bailey being your top guy. It's, you know, you're, you're a pretty hardcore fan, but I like the fact that like every year you get, Again, two, three, whatever, four faces that are somewhat new, but but you know them and you know that you know. It's just I like that. I like that a lot because it's because. And here's the thing too. Um, signing people at this point, I don't know how how loose the checkbook is with when it comes to that, but. I don't know. There's something about having people being brought in. It's kind of like, you know, going to a concert. And if you see the same band multiple times, you know, if you know the set list and it's kind of like, okay, you know, you know that this song's next and this song's next and those songs might be great, but, but it's really cool when they throw in, you know, on different nights, you know, there's one section of the set where they mix it up a little bit, you know, they do, Oh my God, they did this song. They haven't done this since 87, you know, um, like that's, that kind of stuff is kind of cool to me. So, and and that's what I kind of equate the, um, the new fresh faces as, you know, there's those spots that I talked about. Yeah, very much. So you just put me in mind of my friend Sipsy, who is a massive fan of the bare naked ladies and just travels around, the country and other countries just following them on tour. Really? <laughs> and so he, he, yeah, he never seems to get bored of the bare naked ladies format. I've just asked him directly, actually, how many bare naked ladies gigs he's been to. But, uh, you know, there are some people who that familiarity uh, and, and that sort of sense of, uh, you know, routine and that can be appealing. But no, I, I do take your point that uh, it's nice to have these guest spots open for best of the super juniors. Like it wouldn't be very fun if it was the same 20 people every year. 
And yeah, I think uh, having Mike Bailey in the mix has definitely added something fresh to it. I got to talk about this bear uh, also, like in the 80s things. I, <laughs> yeah, I, can't I thought you might want to. I can't let that go. So he well, goes all over the UK for the bare naked ladies? Yes. How 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 did I, that I happen? I hope I get an answer at some point. I don't know. It's it's quite unique, isn't it? I mean, of all the bands, you could just coach bare naked. What did bare naked ladies do? Did they do one week, or is that blues travel? Yeah, no, that that's that's right. That's one bare week? naked ladies. One week if you're looking at yeah. me. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, a group that other people might have dismissed as one hit wonders, but no, Sipsy being the uh, bare naked ladies aficionado. Any, so, any so do the, that, the depth. Don't they do the Big Bang Theory theme song? I don't, I've never watched that. Yeah, it's a, it's a shitty show. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm, I'm blown away. Again, any event, how did this happen? <laughs> like, how I'll did tell you what, this. Pencil him in for the next uh, guest host yes! slot on the Super J cast. If I, I can't make it, you get Sipsy on and just pick his brains with the bare naked ladies for ninety minutes. Like, okay, so people think I'm a little bit of a nut because I'm seeing the Cure, um, like four different spots: Madison Square Garden, Wells Fargo here in Philly, uh, a place down in, in Maryland, and I forget where the other one is. Fourth one. Um, I mean, it's, but it's the cure. I mean, right? I mean, and I think the cure is. Be- I mean, I don't know more more multiple date worthy than bare naked ladies, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's it's definitely a niche thing. I'm not, <laughs> I can't really <laughs> explain much about it. I cannot to- get over the fact that it's that. Like, I just oh, is he like a member of the fan club? Is he like, um, a, like on? F- I hope so. I hope he's got some sort of loyalty card. You know, like Subway. If you <laughs> eat ten sandwiches, you get the eleventh one for free. Right. All right. How many times do you think he's seen bare naked ladies? Um. Okay. So before he responds, I would put, I would guess, over twenty times. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lot? That is- that is a preposterous <laughs> number. Oh my god! So he's just not going all over the fucking UK. He's going like all over Europe. And does he go into the states to see him? I have I no idea. No, I want to. Let's get him on the podcast. Let's we got to get him on. He's being a big wrestling fan. You know, he, he yeah. started my podcasting journey. We did, did the smart cast together. I'll be seeing him at. Uh, our trip to Wembley. We're going to be going to the hopefully the Rev Pro show as well as All In. So maybe he can be our, our well. I mean, they're not New Japan shows, but uh, listen, I don't care. I, I I could talk an hour about <laughs> just that alone. I mean, just <laughs> I am blown the fuck away. All right, sorry, sorry to derail that, but you you laid that bombshell on me that there is a human being yeah. that has seen hey i can't believe a human being has seen 20 bare naked lady shows i'm surprised there have been 20 bare naked lady shows period <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you surprised they've got enough music to right. fill these shows right right like what are they like what is their like oh i can't believe they did this song every song's had nobody knows them <laughs> they just play one week, just right, fifteen times, <laughs> right, dude. I saw. Do you remember EMF? 
they did unbelievable. That song, unbelievable. Yes, yeah, I, um, yeah, I know. Um, I was so into them like one summer. They were like my favorite band that summer, and I we saw them, and uh, they did unbelievable three times. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> were they sort of looking at the clock while they did it <laughs> they had nothing they had one album and once they barreled through that they did like two covers I- i'm kidding i'm not kidding you they did unbelievable in the middle of the set they closed with it and then they had an encore and it was one of the encores <laughs> like, <laughs> come on dude what the fuck all right there you go all right all right i gotta get back on track because i'm i've been blown away by the bare naked ladies Whew. Yeah, we're 40 minutes in. We've talked about one wrestler. <laughs> so fine, okay, right. Uh, also in A block, also 3-0 on six points is Taiji Ishimori. Now, what else can we say about Taiji Ishimori at this point? I mean, he I thought he had very good chemistry. He always has good chemistry with Taguchi. They've had some good matches in the past, and I thought their opening match night was no exception. The T-Town match... Absolutely happened. That mm-hmm. was a match that occurred. <laughs> don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, I don't want to get into the annual debates about whether or not Ishimori's dogging it. I thought he was really good last year. He held down the fort well during the pandemic era. But I think this is a guy who should be used to help get the new generation over rather than being a, a prominent championship fixture. Uh, the dogging match, there was a touch of sloppiness about it, but he can still turn it on at the right times, like put together really great sequences down the stretch that built heat for for Doki and and his opponents in general. Um, That is what I would like to see from Ishimori going forward. I'm going to be honest, if if he is a a semi-finalist, then I think that will be sort of a wasted opportunity considering all the relatively fresh and exciting talent we've got in this tournament. Yeah. He's... I I, I did like the Doki match. I thought that was... I thought that was really good aside from... Like, they had like one fuck-up like in the beginning, that was really noticeable. But, um, I mean, they recovered well from it. Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. You you know what he's capable of, and you don't always get it. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are like, uh. like, they, if, like if there was consistency in his game. Like, I, let's put it this way. He knows when to, to fucking take a night off. Right, and there's no and he has no qualms about it. (laughs) It's it's you know he's been in this game for a long time, so um, when it's time he turns it on. But uh, I think it was Kevin Kelly and and Chris we were talking about you know uh, Samsa's numbers um, that they he shared with the broadcast team about how you know winning percentage wise he was you know up at the top. You know, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to change. Right. I think, I think they, he's a solid hand who will give you the best that he has at certain times. Um, If you're expecting him to be consistently great, you might be disappointed. But when he, when he feels like it, it's magic. He's really, really a fucking good wrestler. It's just, you know, he turns it on when he wants. Yeah, I'm just looking at his final block match will be against TJP. And I suspect, as I've speculated before in the past, that he is going to be involved in junior tag situations going forward. So, um, 
yeah, I still I still think that's where this is going. I, you know, obviously he is three and zero, so he is one of the favourites to be in the semi-finals. But I just think him going three and zero at this point is a bit too obvious. But um, let's move on and discuss Leo Rush. And Leo Rush is fucking great, isn't he? <laughs> he had his doubters. You know, a lot of people skeptical about you know, his retirements and that, and didn't think he was going to last that long with New Japan. But I'm just so happy to finally see him in a best of the Super Juniors. And you can tell from, you know, just the way he speaks, uh, as well as the way he wrestles, that he, he knows this is his chance to shine and really show the world what he's capable of. And everything is done with high energy and high intensity. He's going to give you 100% every night, whether against Sho or Taguchi or Hiromu. Like that fucking chair bump he took today oh was God. insane. I don't know how he wasn't paralyzed from that. Like he, this, this guy wrestles like his life depends on it and the crowd reacts to it appropriately. And, you know, I just, I really feel that his tournament is building to something bigger. And I know like being three and oh, this early on is a bit of a kiss of death for that, but uh, I still really hope and, and I'm optimistic that he would, ah, oh, I've got a response from Sipsy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> okay. Here, here it is. He, Sipsy has been to exactly 20 Bare Naked Ladies concert. Wow. Would you believe it? Holy shit. Unbelievable. And just, I, I guess he's available. Just shoot him. I, we need to ask him, um, was that just in the UK or does he has he traveled? Yeah, well, I've literally yeah. just asked him that. Before, you, before you said that, I've, I've asked him all UK. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll stop the podcast again if he right. responds. Breaking news. Uh, but yeah, so we had a, <laughs> uh, we had a question from uh, Ninja Mortis. He says, uh, following up from a question he asked uh, last year, I think, saying, is Leo Rush breath of fresh air? He's now saying, was Leo Rush the breath of fresh air this division needed? Since teaming with Yo, Yo's been interesting. That alone was a miracle. He had that banger with Hiromu. He should have won. It's been six months. What grade does Leo Rush get on his New Japan report card? A. In A. Yes, he has been a breath of fresh air. And here's the thing, too. Like, it's been a while since the the last kind of hiccup of him retiring or, you know, taking time off or whatever the case may be. And you know what? Maybe if he took time off to get better, then, I mean, I'm not I'll never fucking <laughs> you know, fault a guy for that. I'm, I'm just thinking from a company perspective. OK, w- you know, I, we want to use you just please stay with us. <laughs> you know? um, he's been great. He's been he, like, not only has he been great, he's been uh, maybe even better than what I expected in the sense of, okay, in ring, we knew he, he can go. But it's everything that he's brought to the table, like energy and character, and like he, he comes across as the coolest fucking guy in the ring. Um, and you're right; it does feel like like his heart is in it. You know what I mean? Like his heart is is a hundred percent there. That's good because he could go through the motions, right? He could just go for the paycheck. I don't get that vibe at all. Like I truly believe that he knows that that this is an opportunity for him, um, and he could take it, and he has. Yeah, and, and to stick it to previous companies that he's worked for that have not 
use him in the way that I think he should have been used. You know, this is not a guy who's sort of phoning in because he's thinks he's, uh, you know, peaked elsewhere or would rather be working somewhere else. This is a guy who I think is resting to prove a point and stick middle finger up at, at other promotions. And yeah, wildly exceeding my, my hopes and expectations for him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And again, that AEW thing was a bit of a, who, who knows? You know, who, who fucking knows? Look, I'm glad he's got, like, the dude just found a home. He's more than welcome. Uh, he's doing a great job. He's, you know, already taken f- freshness to a new level. You're going to get a great match with whomever he's, he's in the ring with. Look, uh, sign him. <laughs> you know, lock him down. Um, I think he's passed the test. I really do. I, I think I think people's concerns of and again things can change in a in a heartbeat. I get that life is a crazy fucking ride. But I don't know. I have I I feel like I have a ton of confidence in him. Watch him be like, <laughs> yeah. he just he's on a plane right now, coming home. He's like, fuck this, I'm going home. <laughs> I'll never you'll never <laughs> see me again. Uh, but I I don't know. There's I just have a confidence and a. Uh, I don't know a, a trust. Is that the word I'm looking for? In the fact that he's he's here, like he's and he's making the most of it. So good for him. Good for him. Right, hey, look, we only have one wrestler who's on four points. That's Titan, who's two and one. Who fantastic wrestler, really underappreciated, and very much as, as I was talking about before, like one of these veteran wrestlers who probably don't get the love that they deserve. Like he is primarily there to make other people look good, and more often than not, he's going to be staring at the lights. But uh, I do think now there's a, a solid chance of him being in the uh, junior tag title mix because, of, on account of his results, uh, was it today? Who did he wrestle today? Uh, Kushida, yeah, he he beat Kushida, which right. means he potentially he and Bushi could be in the mix for. Uh, Junior tag action, maybe yeah. at Dominion. I don't know. There's a, a few teams with uh, claims to those titles. So something to keep an eye on. I think we may be seeing Titan making a claim for junior tag gold in the future. Yeah. He's, again, nobody expect, expects him to be in the finals or, you know, even the semis. But he's a guy that, you know, we're going to start out, give him some points, give him some wins to legitimize him. Um, not that he needs it, but you know, just just to remind people of who he is and what he does, and the fact that he can beat anyone on any given day. Uh, yeah, tag titles I, I, that that might be pretty cool. Him and Boosh, I I I I'd be fine with that. It's, I think it's a really good spot, honestly. Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be an interesting uh, thing for Boosh actually to be in the tag title mix within the same faction, but with multiple different partners. Yeah. Cause um, I'm sure he must've held that belt with Hiromu at some point. Maybe he hasn't, I don't know. Uh, and also Shingo and now potentially with Titan. I mean, I know he and Titan have, I think they've challenged for it before. They did. They did last year, but um, actually winning it, that would be something different. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's stick with LIJ then and talk about Hiromu Takahashi. Who's on two points. He has one win and two defeats. So a bit of surprise for the, the champion to be um, having a less than stellar record like that this early in the tournament. 
but three really excellent matches, the uh, Mike Bailey match and the Doki match and now the Leo Rush match. Uh, we, well, I criticised him earlier in the year for feeling a bit stale, but fuck me. I mean, this guy, I think now is undeniable as a rest of the year candidate, at least a New Japan rest of the year candidate, because he just looks like he's back to his old self again, just like completely invigorated, just banger after banger after banger. I can't say anything bad about this guy. No. You know, everything that we talked about before with him feeling stale and everything is really our just our personal preference of keeping things fresh and keeping things moving. Um, I don't think it's anything to do necessarily with with his style or or what he does in the ring. No. I mean, you'll uh, he's I mean, there hasn't been a junior like him since phew, God I mean, do you think he's eclipsed Kushida? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, and I do think his style does seem to have changed. I think he seems to have tapped more into that sort of reckless wild streak that he had early on in his New Japan career. Because there was a, a point sort of around 2020, 2021, where he dialed back a little he, bit. Yeah. He was kind of, re- yeah, like I'm thinking of those sort of like 36 minute main event matches like I remember one with show it wasn't a terrible match but it was just like a new japan heavyweight style match that just happened to be wrestled between juniors but now there just seems to be a lot more action and intensity and danger in his matches which is what made him such an exciting guy to watch in the first place and he just feels like he's he's gone back to that right um that yeah that recklessness that um sabu like energy you know where um, and again, he's miles ahead of in ring from what he Sabu was. Um, he's um, again. I, I'm I'm going back years. Like you would have to go into get into like, I mean, what would be the equivalent? Like I don't I don't want to bail out and just go into the nineties with those juniors but like like you know guys like heat <laughs> weren't you know uh the fucking anywhere near what uh hiromo is like he's arguably on the mount rushmore of new japan junior heavyweights uh, and i'm talking all time like you would have to put like the original tiger mask sayama in there obviously Liger would be the second spot. He's got to be one of the two remaining spots all time, right, Joel? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, just looking at his resume alone from this year, we did New Japan matches. There was the Yo match at New Beginning, then the Leo Rush match in the Best of the Super Juniors final, and then the Robbie Eagles title defense and the Kanemaru title defense, and then the Sanada title challenge, and now opening up this best of the Super Juniors with the Bailey, Doki, and Leo Rush matches. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, yeah. a hell of a, a list of matches, and you know it's only May, right? And matches that he's lost, you know, <laughs> you know the majority of them, right? It's amazing. 
Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, you no, know. I think that maybe that's what I, I'm enjoying about this Best of the Super Juniors run, actually, that he is losing these matches. He's not doing the, the thing that I've been moaning about in some of these title defences where he just gets beaten up and then does his moves and wins. I think it's just adding a, a lot more sort of uncertainty and excitement to his matches where he, he is he's losing some. Yeah. I mean, the Sonata match was was pretty great. And, you know, he loses. Like, he, when was the last time he actually got a, a singles win? It's been a couple months, right? It's been at least two months. I mean, he had the one title defense. Well, there was a doggy match he won in the right, right, right. Super Well, yeah, yeah, aside from that. Yeah. The uh, Kanemaru match in. Um, All right. All right. So that's been that recent. Right. Out of sight, out of mind, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, like, do you, uh, if any of these are going to be setting up title defenses in the states? Because there's the the um, All Star Junior event coming up in the US. Oh there's God. also what that, is that crossover event with Impact. Um, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I, mean, but I was just thinking. Nobody's talking about that is, at all. Is he going to be defending that against um, Bailey or Leo Rush or both? Could be the same event. Could be a three way. I don't know. But um, he is. You know, these uh, losses he's taken in Best of Super Juniors, I think they are going to come back. And most likely, I think, being defences to pad out him working towards that defence record. Um, I mean, at this point, I maybe I'm sort of warming up to that thought a lot more than I was a few weeks ago. You know, if the output is going to be like this, then, yeah, <laughs> give me more Hiromi defences. Yep. Love it. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's uh, you know, I, I'm putting them on a Mount Rushmore on a company that has more than their fair share of legendary juniors working within the company. So yes, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that, that, that um, all-star junior festival at the 2300 arena in Philadelphia. Uh, there are, are again, we, t- I talked about this before the preposterous $300 tickets uh, for first row, there are quite a few available in the front row. Um, th- and then like, even like third row, like 150 bucks, like these ticket prices seem ludicrous to me. And it's funny because the seats that are sold for this are the cheapest ones. Like the ones that sit back, um, like row 10, row nine, gone. Row eight, there's two left. Row seven, uh, there's probably, what, four, maybe like 10 seats left. And I'm just looking in one section, mind you. But like I'm looking at the hard camera section, right? Uh, fourth row. Fourth row. Every seat is available in, in this one section. Fourth row. Third row. Everything is available except one, two, three, four seats. Second row, there are one, two, three, four, five, six seats available. First row, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There are twelve seats in the front row. <sighs> Listen, at three hundred dollars a fucking ticket, they had better be bringing in Jushin Liger. <laughs> To fucking be in this thing. Joel, would you pay $300 for this? 
Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially with nothing announced, right? Right, right, right. With nothing announced. With nothing announced. Right. You, you know, uh, like, are you going to get like Gabe Kidd and Rocky Romero and Delirious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah, you got to announce something. Oh, I don't know. This, that's that's just not smart. August 19th. August 19th is when you're looking at for that show. All right, back to the Super Juniors. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club. Dot com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, let's talk Doki. He is uh, one and two, so he's got two points. So I think his output has been really good so far. So there was the really terrific opening match against Kushida, and then the main event against Hiromu, 
and then the match against Ishimori today. Uh, Hiromu actually said in his backstage comments about Doki that him failing that dojo tryout has made him the guy he is today. And I think he's a guy who's had one of the most interesting pasts in New Japan, and I think that's a big part of his appeal. He's looking a lot more muscular. Um, and I don't know if I think he, he will make the semi-finals. I mean, weirdly, that Hiromu defeat, I think, has increased his chances of, of potentially making the semis. Not that I think it's one of the more likely outcomes, but it wouldn't stun me. And I think the crowd would love it because there's just this great energy for doggy matches where they really want him to win. Like They are desperate for him to beat Hiromu and Ishimori today. And he's built this cult following year on year to the point at which I think he is. He needs to get some sort of championship, whether that's singles or tag, which he's never had before in his career. He's 31, so he's not a kid, but you know, there's enough time there to for something to happen. And you know, maybe one of the, the truest, if not the truest underdog in the division, both you know, in a kayfabe sense and, and in real life. And you know, maybe this is a guy who could go on the, the Desperado trajectory or something that starts off with a successful tag run. You know, maybe he teams up with Kanemaru to win the titles at some point and they get a run together. I just, I really feel that there's a lot of upside here with Doki because he's got the in-ring chops, absolutely. Like, he's improved a ton. He can hang with the top guys. And, yeah, I just, I, I feel that he is, he's beloved by the fans and there is great potential there. Yeah. The, the I guess the biggest thing that Doki had going against him was the, the, idea that like when he debuted he looked indie as fuck right like he just felt completely he like i think that one of the biggest knocks on him when he first um joined suzuki Goon was just he just didn't you know he looked very indie i'm sorry he did um that's changed. That's changed, you know, and it's kind of taken a little bit of time. But he looks like he belongs now, and that might even be confidence, and that might even be, oh, well, it's definitely gear. I mean, I mean, he's definitely stepped up his gear game. Um, I don't know. He looks the part now. He does look the part. What, what, what kind of gear are we talking about here? Well, someone from the Discord pointed out they thought they could see injection marks on his delts. <laughs> well, okay. That's that gear. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the uh, fabric, uh, stitchings of clothes, not the uh, gas. But I will say this. He has gotten more size, right? And I think that is one of the biggest tells in New Japan. Is when guys start packing on size, that is, is that's either hey, we'd give you something, but we need you to kind of look at this part, or uh, uh, yeah, you just don't look like you belong here, <laughs> right? Um, so yes, the, I I listen. I'm not I'm not throwing around accusations of any uh, uh, chemicals being used to help alter the body. All I'm saying is, is that I'm noticing those changes as well. I'm noticing those changes as well. So uh, good. For, I mean, well, I mean, depends on how you look at it. Good for him in the sense that he feels uh, a, a lot more complete. Um, and that, you know, 
uh, hopefully it's done just just in the gym that's all just in the gym okay let's talk tj pino who's also one and two and two points and i say it every time but every roster needs a tjp guy's an absolute pro smooth as silk he can deliver quality in singles in tags put anyone over make them look great just i think he just over delivers most of the time he he's emblematic of those smart additions made to the junior roster that i talked about since the pandemic um there's some little memorable moments here like the little grudging fist bump for titan after titan beat him and you know that's kind of blurring of the heel face spectrum in the middle of these uh the the, the uh new japan you know we've got these sort of tweener factions like just five guys and tmdk and united empire and lij you know they're not faces they're not heels either but uh yeah that one stood out to me as an interesting one um i thought he was fantastic on color commentary actually uh, better than the onion uh, but just really <laughs> cerebral insight especially when he was talking about akira uh, i would love to have him back on commentary because i thought he really uh, enhanced all the matches that he was contributing to including throwing shade at Clark Connors, because obviously they got deep history together from the New Japan Strong days. Uh, I thought it was a great stylistic mix for Mike Bailey. Yeah, big, big fan of the old TJP. I am too. And uh, like New Japan taking a chance on him, um, I do appreciate, again, his political leanings, I don't necessarily agree with, but okay. <sighs> you know. There's plenty of people. I've reached the point where, I, I, like, unless they are expressing stuff that is either illegal or actively hateful and making people's lives miserable, I don't need all the people whose media I consume to be ultra woke. Right. You know, like, they're professional wrestlers. They're all a bit nutty as it is. So if he believes some wacky stuff, like, Flat whatever, earth or whatever. Whatever. That's right, not, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't care at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, me neither. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. Sometimes I, uh, I don't know. just uh, look. He's, if anything, he's cooled the water on shit like that. Like, like they're like he's got that in check. So he, you know, whatever he's doing, he's not spewing it out on the internet. Fine. Once again, once again, Damon's greatest advice. To all the pro wrestlers that listen to this particular podcast, and there are many, let it be known, stay off of Twitter. Stay off of social media. It's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth it. There's no benefit whatsoever. Um, And I think uh, heeding that advice is the wise thing to do. Uh, because you sent the entire Brit rest community into a rage because you know how much they hate Zack Sabre Jr. for not tweeting. I know. I, look, uh, what? Uh, like, okay, sorry. I'm I'm sorry that Twitter, <laughs> like Twitter, is the is the is the platform of choice when it comes to public apologies and blah, 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 and and, and I, all, you know, come on. Uh, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Right. It, it's true. It's true, and, and and here's the thing, and 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 uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. It's it's just fucking nonsense. It, you know what it is? It's just nonsense, nonsense. All right, very good. Uh, okay, so that is a uh, TJ Perkins uh, show. 
Mm. It's one or two, two points. Um, and look, your, your mileage may vary on the Goro Majima gimmick that he's doing. Like, you know what he is at this point. It's going to land in the noisy venues against fiery babyface opponents. Um, I've noticed Evil interfering here. Is he, he might be the only heavyweight on the tour at this point. I'm not sure how he feels about that. <laughs> he's but driving I, I the bus. say in show's defense, he's... <laughs> Uh, show is adding a bit of creativity into the shenanigans like for example attacking Mike Bailey's bare feet with a wrench and the whole setup to the the Taguchi stuff today where he said he was going to wrestle clean and had the, the Lion Mark t-shirt on and you knew he was just going to fuck him over at some point but I I think show is a guy who has underrated comic timing like the, the crane kick spot set up against Mike Bailey that was fantastic so he is Unfortunately, he's very good at what he does. Uh, but it does mean like we don't get to see serious wrestler show. I don't know if I would go, go as, as far to say I miss serious wrestler show. I mean, he did have some cracking matches before he did yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, you know, I do wonder when we're going to see that show again because, like, surely he's not going to be doing this gimmick forever. Um, no, we will get. <laughs> you think? I mean, is that successful? He's doing so good at it that he's just going to be doing this until he's fifty. Let me just let me just say he's getting a, he's getting a paycheck anyway. Either way, right? So, am I going to run around like a madman with a wrench, or am I going to go out there and kill myself, uh, taking crazy bumps? And you know what I mean? Like, okay, uh, he's getting paid either way. He's getting, and just like you said, he's good at what he does. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to change anytime soon, um, but it is a disappointment because it like these are the years that you would hope that okay if you're going to get you know great in ring work out of someone you know great matches great stuff like that the stuff that a lot of people tune in for uh, you know it's this is during his prime time like if he did this in his you know, late thirties and forties. I don't think anybody would give a fuck. Like nobody would complain. They'd just be like, ah, okay. You know, gotten to that point. Uh, but he's in his twenties, you know, and, and, and you think, Oh God. Wait, is he, isn't he? He's probably in his mid. I don't think he is. Yeah. Like mid twenties. No. Yeah. He's he's 33. Show is 33. Yes. Holy shit. Where the fuck did the time go? 33? Good. Yeah. Yo's 34. These are not kids, you know? Oh, my God. Where's the fucking time gone? Wow. Wee. Wow. Boy, I just got a panic attack. <laughs> I'm going to die soon. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, You're getting nostalgic for the tempura boys. <laughs> Yes, I, I swear to God, the one thing I'm thinking of is we well, went to um, when New Japan and Ring of Honor had those outdoor shows at in in Brooklyn, New York, at the baseball stadium uh, for the minor league team there, um, and they were there, but they didn't wrestle; they were just there. And you know, we got up, got his pic, got our picture taken, and then he was. They were also uh, like this fucking show was at. Uh, again, like maybe ten minutes away from me, in Jersey, um, this it was like a, you know, like a VFW hall or a fucking you know bingo hall or I don't even know what it was, but it was like five people in this fucking building, and they were on the show there, and that had to be, well, it had to be uh, ten years ago, 
15 years ago? Fuck. Oh, God, we're old. All right. There you go. 33. Well, now now, now it even makes more sense. <laughs> of course, he's never going to change. Widening down his career now. Oh. He's going to take it easy. Yeah. The lead up to his retirement. Yep. Coast right in. Coast right in. Oh, my goodness. That blew me away. Joel, that one, that one, that one stuck right in the heart. Whew. Yikes. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk Kushida, who's 0-3, zero points. A surprising start to the tournament for Kushida. But I've actually enjoyed his output so far a lot. There's a bit of an edge to him this time. He gave Doki an absolute kicking on the first night. I thought that was a really great match. Uh, one of the best ones so far. He's not a heel exactly, but he's definitely sort of sliding up towards the the Tiger Mask 4 end of the grumpy veteran scale. And it's good for him. I think this is making him a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if you saw the backstage stuff after Clark attacked Kevin Knight yeah. with a chair following their match, and then he <laughs> chased him through a chair. It's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, get out of here. <laughs> that was very, very good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and yeah, so he's losing a lot of matches. And I think this could be in aid of setting up multiple challenges for his junior tag titles. I'm feeling at this point that we may be looking at a Dominion opener where we are getting the intergalactic jet setters defending against, uh, I think, Catch 2-2. They're going to be getting rematch in there. And also Clark Connors and Ishimori. And also maybe even Titan and Bushi, just mm-hmm. based on who Kushida has taken L's to so far. So enjoying his output, enjoying the sort of rough edge to him. And I think we're setting up tag stuff here. Yeah, it may be right. Um, look, it's... It, I I finally feel like it, he's starting to um, make his way back to New Japan. And, and I say that in the sense of it's been how long? It's been a long, it's been a decent amount of time, right? Um, and I know that he had the what was it, the hoof and mouth disease? Was it? Um, I'm I'm sure that wasn't fun. But this just seems like, like, like if I told you Kushida was coming back, I would think that <laughs> it would be a lot more impactful than what we have seen leading up to it up to this point, right? Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like this is one of those swings and misses that New Japan has had to deal with. Um, that being said. I guess I don't know. Do you think this is all leading to something like to a to a heel turn? Because I I know originally that was the chitter chatter that you know they were talking about him being a heel and kind of just putting a new coat of paint on the Kushida character. Do you think this goes anywhere, or do you just think this is just this is his role right now, kind of like mid card junior? I would say the latter, but he, I mean, he does tick a lot of boxes for the uh, the vibe of current Bullet Club, does yeah. he not? Yeah, he's a killer, a savage. Mm-hmm. He's definitely showing that edge to him. I, mean, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's cool for him to be showing that edge uh, and 
you know, not necessarily being a full-blown heel. I think, you know, you do have the flexibility to do that in New Japan. And uh, I don't know. Wouldn't rule it out. What would you grade his return so far? Uh, a C. Yeah. Yeah, I might even go C-. minus. Um, and again, to, um, and being fair, he... You know, he was out for a little bit with that, the whatever he had there. Um, yeah, impactitis. <laughs> I heard a lot of people have that. Uh, <laughs> okay, I would say C minus. Yeah, C minus. But but I'm happy to say, I th- maybe we're we're. You know, with, with him, them winning the tag belts, them having a lot of decent matches, him being a little bit more of a focal point, that could change quickly. Um, I just think, boy, grumpy Kushida might be might be a fun thing, right? That might be that might be the way I'd like to go. And we've also got Taguchi, who's earned three zero points. He vowed not to show his ass or his small testes. Uh, highlights so Me far. Too. Again, I I, I, I really enjoyed him and Bailey in the press trying not to laugh in the back row. But uh, he's looking good. He's in good shape. He's kept to his promise so far. He's not been doing any of the the bum shenanigans. Uh, The matches have been short, but uh, surprisingly good. So he's over-delivering on my admittedly very low expectations. Absolutely. A thousand thousand percent. He's actually been really good, I thought. Like, again, he's intertwining in the stickiness that he is known for. Um, but I really enjoyed his match with show. I really did like it. Um, I mean, you knew where we were going with it, you know, with the, yeah, again, the idea of the t-shirts and everybody's, you know, we're doing fair play and, you know, uh, he, I, we've said it a million times, but you get the tap on the shoulder and, I think he could still go. Did you see him try that fucking dive though? The you know the the that um, buckle the buckle dive thing. Oh, he almost fucking he didn't quite. And Kevin Kelly goes, he didn't necessarily. It wasn't necessarily a dive. It was more like he fell. (laughs) (laughs) A flop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was a little scary because he really didn't get all. He was like just dead weight. (laughs) <laughs> tumbling to the ground. Uh, but it, like, you know, you gotta, gotta give him credit. At least he's fucking trying shit. You know? I mean, like, like how, how hard is it to, to do that once a year? Like if you're doing it on a consistent basis, I think your body kind of gets somewhat used to it. And, you know, for what it's worth, maybe you don't, maybe I'm just fucking out of my mind, but, it just feels like it'd be harder to do. Like if you're just doing comedy tag matches all year and then, you know, one month out of the year, you got to fucking deliver something. That must be tough. And again, he's not a spring chicken either. So, but yeah, I think he's done very well so far. I think he's done very well so far. And I will say this, that what was it? The king of, uh, what was it? Silly style or what was it? Um, what was the fucking thing? His T-shirt. Um, 
I forget. Silly stuff. Was it? I forget. But I like that t-shirt. I thought that t-shirt was pretty cool. Fucking to Gooch. Yeah, I haven't noticed the t-shirt. I'm King of Sneaky style. That's Rocky Romero, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This was King of... And it's like his face in the lion mark. It's it's a pretty cool t-shirt. You know, the red and the white t-shirt. What fucking was it? Sneaky? No, it wasn't sneaky because that's... I forget. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) Who cares? All right. right. Uh, Let's move on to B-Block then. So we have a big log jam of a load of wrestlers on four points. One of them being Kanemaru. Uh, two wins and a loss. Uh, so, yeah, made a very strong start to the tournament. Look, dude rocks. He's he's an evergreen wrestler. I can watch him all day. And he's just a perfect guy to have in these tournaments where he can do something a little bit different each night with a different finish depending on his spot on the cards. Um, he could do the submission matches. He can make countouts fun and believable. He's just an extremely versatile wrestler and very useful in these tournaments as well as an early match for... The, the new wrestlers to the tournament. Like he was in that spot last year where he was given a lot of guys their um, early matches, like, you know, yeah, Alex Zanes, Ace Austin, Ace Austins. And he's doing that here. Like he was wrestling uh, Dan Maloney and Kevin Knight quite early on in this tournament. So just a really good guy to have uh, around in situations like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what do they say? The old, uh, you know, steady hand. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So, uh, I mean, like that's really where I would kind of started off this show is the fact that you got guys that you know are there to keep things fresh. You got guys that are you know the the solid hands, and you got guys that you know that were that that are there to pop a crowd with athletic feats of uh, daredevilism. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Um, that's why that, that's why this tournament, uh, you know, G1 aside, is 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 maybe my favorite because of all the things that you mentioned there. Yeah, um, I mean, also the difference is for the best of the super units. I don't. I, I feel like with a G1, there's a very very small group of people who can win a G1 because it is it's very prestigious and it's protected but best of the super juniors it doesn't have that sort of baggage to it where you know it comes with that Tokyo domain event like you win best of the super juniors you're getting a big match at Dominion and that's it and a nice trophy so it's a lot more exciting and unpredictable because I feel like you know you could get a a Leo Rush winning or a Yo winning or a, a Robbie Eagles winning like why the fuck not you know it's not like this guy's got to sell out a Tokyo dome so, yeah, it's a lot more unpredictable and, and enjoyable. That's that a sense. good point. So, um, I think you just made a very, very, very valid point. Um, again, they'll have a, a Tokyo Dome match in, in, in some capacity. Right? You win the thing, you would think. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You get, you know, it's, there, there isn't that pressure that you have to carry the company just because of the, the way the company positions junior heavyweights. Look, there is a long history. Uh, and and one of my favorite histories in pro wrestling, New Japan Juniors. But you're right; it, there isn't that idea of you're you're building up people, a person for a challenge, you know. And yes, it's nice that that in the history books they can have their name uh, there as the winner, but it's it's 
you know, aside from that Dominion main event, or, or is, it's usually not even positioned as a main event, is it? What the junior match? Yeah. No, uh, it's not. Often it's not even on Dominion. I, mean, oh, I thought it was been... on. Oh wait, what am I thinking? Oh my god! I'm... I mean, it usually is. It usually is. But um, I mean, last year it wasn't, was it? The uh, the Hiromu was it Hiromu Ishimori? It was on one of the Road Two shows or something, wasn't it? <laughs> wow! They didn't, even, they didn't even put it on Dominion. I mean, then that all right. Now, then what pressure? <laughs> you know, yeah, all bets are off. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if they're not even going to get that, then yeah, I, anybody can win it. That does that does add an extra element to it. That's a good call by you. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next wrestler, then Robbie Eagles. He's uh, two and one. He's got four points. Uh, slight tweak to his game. Robbie Eagles. He's still the same brilliant uh, precision and, and technical prowess and pace, but now he's he's had enough of all the horseshit and he's realised that he's going to have to crank up the nastiness. He, he's dialed up the aggression a few notches. And yeah, another example of that sort of mid-scale face and heel fluidity where he can uh, switch from night to night depending on his opponent. Like uh, he was um, the baby face against Clark Connors and very cool finish to that where he was playing dead and, and sort of caught him out there and outsmarted him. It's a bit like Zack Sabre Jr. actually with that sort of fluidity for the the uh, the dynamic, the heel face dynamics of the matches. Uh, the the match with Akira was fantastic. Yep. Um, that's probably might be my favourite match of the tournament so far. Yeah, it was so good. Just both guys just kicking the hell out of each other, hundred miles an hour, high flying, intricate grappling and submission stuff. It just just had everything. And just the, the pace of it and the, the precision, just everything landed, just brilliant stuff. Oh, Rob Eagles, I mean, we just gas him up every time we talk about him, but he doesn't miss, does he? No. Name And, and how about this? Name me a time when he has. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even think you can count him on one hand. Um, no, there's never a match where you're like, oh, he sort of phoned it in there, or oh, we fucked up a few key spots in that one, or... Oh, Oh, this one was a bit underwhelming. Just there is there is no bad Robbie Eagles match. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what you know if other companies are in his future, but like this is a junior that is is a not only a <laughs> not only an important cog in the wheel, like he's like a mainstay. Like the fact, the, the, here's the most depressing part about it is that uh, he doesn't live in Japan, right? So we can't see him more often uh, because he delivers every time. I told you he was my dark horse uh, to win this. I would have no problem with him winning it. Like, like zero. I mean, in fact, I, I wholeheartedly encourage it because I don't think. You know, I was about to say, I don't think there's a guy that that has the output that that he does. But you know what? That junior tournament, they have a lot of guys that have had great outputs. <laughs> you know, like they like, you know what? Right. The, the, the final block night for these guys, it's uh, Despy against Robbie Eagles. Mm-hmm. And you think the winner of that's going through. Right. I don't think they're both going through. Right. Start of the tournament. I would have said, yeah, it's Despy. But now. 
I'm taking Robbie. Oh, he's, he's, he's yeah, he seems more. I don't know. There's more buzz, more excitement. There's more heat. I don't know. I, I, I'm starting. I don't know. We'll talk about Despi in a minute, but um, I'm on the Robbie train. Listen, I mean, just there's room. <laughs> there's room for you. I, I, I just think that he just has all the elements needed. Um, and you, and 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 if it look number one, the Despi match is going to be fucking great, right? Because there's there's so much on the line. The stakes are high. Uh, a big spotlight, yeah. Time, yeah. They're going. That's going to be great. Now, the only thing that uh, has me worried is something that you had mentioned before, is the fact that they want to run back Hiromu and Despi in front of a noisy fucking crowd. Um, and I still think that that's a possibility. Now, that noisy crowd might be Tokyo Dome. Um, but I don't know. I think. I think that that noisy crowd element is more suited for a more traditional arena than, say, Tokyo Dome. So, you know, if that's the goal, you know, it's, it's right there for them to have that. But I'm telling you, Robbie Eagles, Robbie Eagles in the finals, I'd be totally fucking down with that. Right, next is El Desperado, also turn one, also got four points. Yeah, I mean, I t- said he was the favourite at the start of the tournament. I do kind of feel that the strong style stuff with the six-man belts has cooled him off a bit. Really? Um, the Watto match, I think, was fiery enough to set him on the path to glory. So I'm not completely selling my Despi Best of Super Juniors winner stonks. But I've been more excited by... Robbie's output than Despi's. Not that Despi's been bad or anything. I mean, all the matches have been very good. There was the the Kanemaru match on the first night, and the Watto match today. And who did he wrestle before that? Uh, Watto. Let me see. Let me see. I'm going to cheat and go back. Uh, Kanemaru. Yeah, that was the first night. Yep. Is it Bushi? I can't even remember. There's well, been three right, nights, and I can't even remember who's fucking wrestled. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in my defense, night two was... Forgetful. Crap, for, uh, completely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up now, because yeah, I'm doing it too. going to annoy me. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was Bushi. Okay, there you go. Yes. And, and I think I put that more down to Bushi than Despi. I mean, you do what you can with Bushi, but... Uh, I, I think the best is still to come for Despi's tournament. Yes, I think. Uh, again, I don't, I don't even think he's he's pacing himself. Look, you know what he can do, right? And you know the variety of shit he can do. Um, I'll tell you what, I am so looking forward to that fucking match, him and him and Robbie, Despi and Robbie. Come on. That's going to be, f- and again, with shit on the, like, like the stakes are high. Ooh, ooh, that's going to be fucking tasty. That is going to be tasty. Oh, yeah, that should be the final, to be quite honest with you. But, okay, I, I think that's a great match. I'm looking forward to that one the most. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Clark Connors also turned one, four points. A big vignette where he went out to the desert. 
before the tournament. And he burned his red trunks and his rhino gimmick. Oh. Uh, and yeah, I think he really needed this new coat of paint and he fits the new Bullet Club vibe of these uh, angry dudes with long hair who are going to, they're not just going to pin you, they're just going to beat you up a bit more afterwards for fun. Uh, and, and I did like that when he beat Kevin Knight and then just battered him with the chair afterwards. And look, I think we have to take note of the fact that Ghetto is his corner man and his hype man. Just think of the other wrestlers who've received that in the past. Right. So not for nothing, as you would say, Damon. I, I don't think he's going to be in the running for the tournament. And uh, again, the fact they picked up a win over Kevin Knight, I think sets up tag uh, junior tag team chances for him in the future. But uh, it definitely a big improvement from last year and, you know, the silliness, the shenanigans with Taguchi is looking a lot more serious. And, you know, this is new for him being in this heel role and it takes a while to figure that out and wrestle that different style where you are having to dominate and, and control matches for large periods of time. So that is a challenge, but uh, I think he's done fairly well so far. Yeah, the new coat of paint has done him wonders. Um, and here's the thing too, it doesn't look like he's been shoehorned into that role like he's he's done, doing a good job of making it somewhat his own right now again it's very i almost say it's very easy but i mean one of the more easy things to do to make him legitimate and to to give him as we like to say the new coat of paint is plopping them in bullet club right because then he can be as heel as he wants to be. Like just by aligning himself, just putting his name on that, it instant instant credibility. Now we have Ghetto going to the ring with him as his you know manager slash hype guy slash whatever the fuck. Uh, that adds another air, um, and and at another level. So while it might be, people might think. Oh, why is this guy in Bolt Club? Or, or you know, this isn't the. This is why, because it's. I don't. Again, I don't want to say the word easy because that's not fair, but it's it's the quickest route to get there. Look at where he. I mean, this hasn't been a long time, but look at where he was doing fucking, you know, Outback Jack, <laughs> shit, um, and. uh where he is now it's uh and 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 all that was done was you're in bullet club and you're going to be a fucking tough guy heel and you're going to be a killer and blah 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 and then you know he made it his own you know 100 proof the whole the whole thing the whole look he looks good he does look good i'm not gonna lie looks good it's a uh, but it's an easy win for New Japan, right? Just just getting him getting him in that faction is instant credibility and whew, okay. Now make it your own. Um, we've also got Dan Maloney, who has uh, two wins and one defeat. He's got four points. Uh, Troy says, Can you do a drinking game where you drink each time Dan Maloney does the United Empire hand sign? I don't drink, <laughs> sir. <laughs> he was doing it a lot. Oh, no. I was like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're in we're in United you're in United Empire. You don't need to do the crown up after every single move that you do. <laughs> um yeah, again Maloney's another guy who I think the best is still to come from him. Like when your first match is against Bushi, there's only so much you can do. And he's in a bit of a funny spot because being positioned as a heel power junior, 
you know, the heavyweight packed into the junior frame. That means by definition, he's got to be on top for most of his matches, which is a, a tricky spot for a, a New Japan newcomer. I mean, it's tricky enough for Clark Connors and he's been wrestling with New Japan for, for a lot longer than Dan Maloney has. Yeah. And, you know, guys who were new to the tournament, like an Alex Zane or an Ace Austin, could work from below against a guy like Ibushi or a Kanemaru and let them do the heavy lifting. You know, they get the handheld through the match and hit the high spots for the babyface comeback. But Maloney is almost having to do the opposite of that. And I like what he's brought so far as the, the heavy hitter because I think the division is sort of lacking that so far, someone who can do the big chops. And I thought the Yo match was much better in bringing out his strengths. That was a very big win to get over someone like Yo. Yeah. Um, who I think was a, a much better foil for him than Bushi and Kanemaru were. Yeah. It's a tough spot. It, you know what? It's a tough spot, and it kind of isn't, because, and I say this not being in that spot, but it's, like, the fans there are very, very intelligent. Like, those fans that go to the best of Super Juniors, it doesn't feel like there's a a ton, and there, I'm sure there's some, um, of of really casual fans. Like, so that being said, the the idea of him being someone that they bring in for the first time might somewhat play to his advantage in the sense that there's already this uh, aura about him that he's special because he is being brought in. Now that being said, you got to go out there and deliver. Right, you got to go out there and, and and at least take advantage of that little bit of um, edge that you might have over guys that may have been there forever, and they kind of know who you are and what you do. Um, so, I guess the only thing I would say is is that he's just got to keep doing what he's doing, and maybe even up it a little bit in in the sense of you know you're brought in because you're special. You're brought in because you are you have an air of importance to be in this in this tournament, um, and 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 over and above that, just for personal um, career development, you, you know, you, you want to hit the ball out of the park. Um, and right now, I would say we're probably in. You know, we're not quite hitting the ball out of the park. I mean, we're not shitting the bed. Hitting the ball out of the park. I, I that's I, I think that's still yet to come. Um but he made a great debut, right? <laughs> made a great debut. Yeah, I think, you know, let's talk after we've seen him wrestle guys like Akira yeah. or Watto or Kevin Knight or or um Despy or Robbie, you know, guys who can have a sort of more dynamic match with him. So I think it's it's too early to to say, and I don't think he's had the most favourable matchup so far. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to talking about Akira then, who's also two and one with four points. It is just wild to me that this guy is only twenty three years old. No, he's thirty three, and it's just right. He's thirty three. <laughs> no, twenty. Okay, no, he's twenty three. Right. No, actually, no, it's wrong. Sorry, he's only thirteen years old. Oh my lord! This, <laughs> this young boy, right, he is twenty three. I checked, uh, and yeah, he's just like clocking up this experience. He's technically outstanding. Like, what are the flaws in Akira's game? There are no visible flaws in his wrestling. He just he looks like a guy who's been there for a decade, not eighteen months. Just a, a fantastic addition to the roster, 
And while, you know, he is tremendous in this sort of scrappy-do, cocky heel role, which, yeah, it seemed like a weird fit initially. A lot of people were poo-pooing that, saying, oh, this guy's a heel. But uh, he comes across like an incredibly natural heel now. Like, he, uh, But having said that, I, you do feel that he's got a big baby face run in his future. Like, the, the sky's the limit for this guy because he's, he's fucking brilliant. And the, the Robbie Eagles match today was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. I, just, I can't say enough good things about Acura. He's, and he's probably a guy that for a lot of people slide under the radar a little bit. Yeah, he's been an out. Look, New Japan has done a really great job of freshening up junior division. Like, this just speaks volumes as to how they find and recruit and bring in people that fit. Like, you know, they could have brought in Dorada, right? And they didn't. They could have brought in, you know, whom, some schmo from AEW. They didn't. Um, I mean, they have people on that roster right now that just are just really this. This is one of the the, the most solid crews that they have when it comes to juniors. And I know it sounds like we say that every year, but you know, there's holes in in every year. I, and I'm just, I'm kind of struggling to think, okay, where's the hole here? Like where's the where's the the loose chink in the chain? Where's the you know, where's where is it? I I don't see it. I mean, who would I mean, Taguchi? I don't even think that's accurate at this point. It's 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 his it's his time to to turn on, you know, get a you know fire up whatever he's got to fire up and get moving. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a dead spot in, on that entire junior roster. Um, and that's that's awesome. I mean, that's I mean, how does that? There happen? is there is it's Bushi, but we'll, okay. we'll cover to him later. But you know what though, Bushi Bushi's. I don't think Bushi is terrible. No, he's not bad. No, I'm I'm being facetious. He's not a bad wrestler at all. I don't think so. I don't think he's terrible. Um, trust me, there are guys that are much worse than fucking Bushi. Um, but yeah, okay, fine, Bushi. We'll we'll give him the the award. Uh, let's talk Master Watto, who is uh, one and two. So he has two points. So he. He's taken two big losses. He had mm-hmm. that very good win against Acura, but he's lost to Yo, and he's lost to Despi. I don't know, man. I mean, I was all on board the Watto Mania train, but now I'm starting to doubt it because those, those are big defeats. I mean, Yo and Despi, you think are going to be two guys who are absolutely in the mix to be making it through to the semis. I mean, um, I'd like to see what he has coming up. Um... Because that's going to be that's going to tell the story of him making a big comeback. I, I, yeah, Ghetto does love to tell this story, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I think he'll be in the mix till the very end. I don't think he's a guy that's that. At least all point, uh, you know, all indicators pointed that he was, um, going to do something special here. I don't know about win it, but you know, he was going to do. He was going to be in the mix. He's going to be in the mix. Um, I, I guess for me, I'm, I was more concerned, not necessarily with the numbers of wins and losses, but more of 
okay, how's he doing? Right? He's got a lot of singles matches and you know, let's let's see what what the guy's got. Let's see what the 33 year old has. Um Is he 33? <laughs> I uh I think he's 26. Okay. Let me check. 26. All right. Uh Yeah, let's yeah, see what he's 20. got in the tank. Let's see what he's let's let's see what we have cuz cuz the Master Watto experiment, um, you know, I, while I will concede that it has improved, uh, it's, you know, it's, on, it's, it's the, the ice has not yet settled. Let's put it that way. Um, I think, I think there's still a lot more that can be done and growth to be had. Um, now, I will say so far that from what I've seen of Master Watto in Best of the Super Juniors, it's been Okay. It's been good. It's fine. Nothing spectacular. Like, has anything been spectacular for you? No. No. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the course that we take, can we expect an upward trajectory when it comes to in-ring performance as the tournament goes? I hope. I I, I hope and I pray. Um, but that's what I'm looking for. Yes, um, there's not been a Watto match so far where there's been a lot of neutral buzz where people have been like, whoa, you've got to check out this Watto match. Right. And I think he needs that during this tournament. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see on that one. Uh, we also have Yo, who has also got two points with one and two. He's got his new gear, new attitudes. He's being like a sort of a, a shithead Nakamura almost. He's got that sort of swagger to him. And this is more a more interesting iteration of Yo than the sort of blank canvas, white hoodie, no personality Yo from last year. And he is working very hard. Like he worked really hard to get that dead Nagano crowd on side yesterday. Uh, and yeah, he is showing more charisma here. I thought he did a really good job making Dan Maloney look good today as well. I still think as a former finalist, he's got a very strong possibility of making the semis, but... I would like to see more from him. I know he is capable of better. Uh, look, uh, I just think he's one of those guys that just, ha- he's Sonata. He's like the modern day Sonata, <laughs> you know, um, in the sense that he has all the talent in the world. He just doesn't do well projecting it. And he doesn't do well having uh, an aura about him that makes him feel anything more than like, like he's he's five years ago Yoshihashi, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that that he, like he gives off he gives me these serious fucking five years ago Yoshihashi vibes. Um, and no matter what he does to try to give me something different, in the sense of okay, you mentioned he looks like a you know a somewhat of a a, a Nakamura ish like. Pfft. I, I, I wanted to jump in and be like, yes, he does, but without the charisma. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, he's everything except the fact that he has zero charisma. Um, that's that's his biggest I would thing. say zero. I would say he's got like two charisma now, where last year he had zero. Out of what? I'm, give, I'm giving him plus two charisma out oh, okay. of uh, 10. Okay. <laughs> it's still not a lot. Like, uh, I feel like there are, uh, you know, 
<laughs> other people might I could go to I could go to any bar and be like, okay, that guy has more charisma than fucking you know. Um but fine. I, I but you know what? I say but fine as if okay, it is what it is. Like that's like uh, over and above any everything else, like isn't that like his most important thing? And every pro wrestler, yeah, the bar important? is high for this tournament. Like, if he is going to be one of the four guys to make it through to the semis, then I want to see more because there's stiff competition this year. Yeah, yeah. But how do you teach charisma? Like, how do you tap into that? Send them to Mexico again. Because when they come back, they're all fucked up. <laughs> Look at Naito. <laughs> get, them, get them all fucking doped up and, and uh, you know, tripping on some fucking mushrooms and then bring them back. Uh, that, 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 that's, I mean, how do you teach charisma? You either got it, you don't, right? Well, I think there's a, a few wrestlers where that, charisma is maybe something that gets lost in translation like there's there's a lot of wrestlers who seem to get great responses from the home fans but it doesn't land with the western fans is he one of them you think maybe this is one of these cases it could be yeah maybe maybe i mean look i'm sure that he has his uh pocket of fans but um they're probably just as dull as he is (laughs) Sorry, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Right, uh, a couple of guys left. Uh, Kevin Knight, one win, two defeats. So he's on two points. And yeah, you know, guys like Knight and Akira, these are the future. Uh, actually, not that's not fair. They're the present as well. They're the present and future of this division, at least in terms of, you know, the foreign aces. Kevin Knight, he's 26. This is his first best of the Super Juniors, and he's going into it as a champion, albeit a tag champion. You know, that's still worth a lot, I think. And he does need to get the reps in for the singles matches. I mean, you can see the flaws in his games, like, for example, his striking, his kicking, and sort of being able to navigate his way through a a longer-form singles match. But this is why he's in tournaments like this, to iron this out, because I'm not expecting him to be the finished article straight away. But he's very, very fun to watch, very dynamic. His matches are always exciting. And yeah, good stuff so far. Yeah, the, I mean, he's the one guy that I'm like, okay, let this be a a learning tournament for you, right? Um, I'm not expecting greatness. I'm not expecting, uh, you know, match of the year. I'm not expecting a lot of it. If I get it, great. I mean, that's that to me. That's that's icing on the cake. I'm I I I want this to be a, a like a a bit of a learning experience in working a lot of singles matches in a short period of time. Like to me, that's to, to see growth there. I think that is, is more impactful and more important than wins and losses right now. Right. Um, I, I would much prefer this to be work with as many people as you can with a bunch of different styles and get, more comfortable doing that because uh, your future is is going to be that <laughs> you know uh, as as a singles guy um, working twenty minute matches thirty minute matches um, now we haven't seen a ton of that but yeah I mean that's the goal like just let, let's get better you know keep, let's keep in mind you know he was on 
you know, strong. He was a dojo. So, I mean, the fact that he's been able to come in, get a title, and even like a, a guy like Akira, you know, the idea of giving them titles out of the, you know, pretty early in their New Japan runs is kind of refreshing in the sense that, you know, it's giving these guys that, you know, maybe might not have had as many reps as as uh, some of the other guys, but you're giving them opportunities to have meaningful reps. That's, I think that's pretty important. And finally, there is Bushi, who is 0-3 with zero points. And that's it for today. Redtalk.com forward slash... No, I'm joking. I mean, I, I was actually... I opened up Bushi's cage match ratings to look at all his singles matches mm-hmm. over the last few years to see like you know, what's, what's been really good over the last few years. And it's just a, a big old list of 6 out of 10s. Yeah. 7 out of 10s if you're lucky. The last singles match he had, I think that cracked an 8 was... Uh, 2019, that Will Ospreay match, you know, the one with the, the was it, uh, I think it was Power Struggle where uh, Hiromu made his return. Mm. And that was Ospreay when he was like in full on <laughs> wrestle of the year. Yeah, and, uh, yeah nutty junior slash heavyweight mode. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's Bushi. That, that's Bushi. That's I mean, Bushi. what else can I say? This, he, uh, who was he wrestling against today? There was. It was kind of tragic watching it. Uh, I've got to have. I've got to check this. Uh, Clark Connors and Clark was, you know, the dominating heel, and the whole match was structured for Bushi to get a big, you know, get the baby face heat and get the baby face come back. But he just all he could get was polite claps. Right. So I don't know. He's not a bad wrestler. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not fucking anything up. But I just don't think anyone cares about him. You know, even with the home fans, you can have wrestlers who you just think there's nothing there and they will always have, you know, a small and very vocal core of fans. You know, think of the, the crying Yoshihashi lady mm. when Yoshihashi was crap. Uh, but there, there's no one that <laughs> that's into Bushi, is there? I mean, I, I, you don't... They're certainly not vocal. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they... New Japan has... Uh, I think they've done a done him wrong a little bit because <laughs> I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I just think that he's perceived as a bad wrestler. Um, I don't even know where the where the bad wrestler idea got off the ground with Bushi. I just think that he's he's a guy that's there. He's a guy. He's a, he. Yeah, he's not bad. It's just heatless. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, what was the last? Well, I mean, I guess maybe the tag stuff, but. I don't know. He's 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 there. He 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 is he's there to be the junior. Not, not even he's not even there to be the junior representation of uh, of Los Ingo Bernabos. He's not even that. <laughs> like he's what? what is yeah, he? since he was brought in to be that, they brought in three other guys right. to, to be that. <laughs> right, he's not um, even that. And I you know I don't know if this is a, a failure on Bushi's part or. You know, I'm just thinking, what was the last dramatic and compelling storyline Bushi had in the company? But, I, I was, was going to say Teton. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and that wasn't even like like top of the card kind of stuff. I mean, that was all, but that was like his m- most recent. Why would I even give a shit? 
You know what I mean? Like that, and that was minor when you look at the the entire scope of the year. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. He's just, you know, it's just, you know, at thirty three years old, he's probably washed up. <laughs> <laughs> but how old do you actually think he is? Bushi is. I would say he's past that. I would say thirty. Six. He's 40. Wow. 40. Mm. Mm. I mean, what do you do with a... F- you, you, you fucking take him out in the back and shoot him. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> there is no use for a 40-year-old Bushi. It really isn't. There, there really isn't. Uh, I mean, the masks are cool, right? Paints his nails. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. You know, there you go. But yeah, forty-year-old Bushi. I think we, uh, I think we know what the story is there. I just, I just did a Google search of Bushi age. The first one that comes up is Nicholas Bushi, ventriloquist. How <laughs> old? Twenty years old. Oh, he's twenty. Oh, okay, he's, he's the first Bushi that comes up, <laughs> and I'm more interested in the twenty-year-old ventriloquist Nicholas Bushi. Than- <laughs> That's your bushy, unfortunately. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, by the way, do you like a ventriloquist? I can't even say the word ventriloquist. Do you do you like them? Do you find them entertaining? Uh, absolutely not. No, it's horrific. Exactly, it's it is. Watching somebody look like like they have this weird smile on their face and their lips are moving just a little bit. <laughs> so stupid. Who invented this? <laughs> Who thought this was a good you know idea? What, my- Mike Bailey looks like he's a ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> he probably does. He probably has a little puppet. Hey, guys, look at this. Look at what I can do. Ugh. That's what his weird smile looks like. He's got a weird smile that l- looks like he's making a ventriloquist. Yeah. Talk. yeah. He's going to make the microphone talk. <laughs> Fucking dumb. Oh, ventriloquists stink. They all stink. I hate them. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, it's like the lowest form of entertainment. I would rather watch a fucking donkey show than fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> this show's taking some weird turns really tonight, has. David. <laughs> oh, ventriloquist. All right. Uh, are we done? We're done. All right. It's high noon here. I hear, I hear my church bells ringing. So you got to go to bed. I didn't, No kids today, huh? Uh, no, they're, they're sleeping in the bed next to me. Okay, they've been very good. Yeah, you definitely—that's that's that's the key. You got to be in there because they can hear your voice and they don't miss that. Daddy's here. Okay, all right. I like this. All right, that's the that's the move. And we had no internet outages, so one file for Dan. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I've been <laughs> recording most of this while sort of lying on my bed, so <laughs> there might be some horrific unintended consequences for that. I might sound really weird. If I do, then that will be why, but I just I couldn't be bothered to get up. I Sorry. Trust me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sitting in a pair of fucking underwear. Hot. Huh, ladies? Picture that, huh? <laughs> All right. Wrap up this fucking horse shit. All right, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast mm-hmm. to send us some money. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you want to show your appreciation, you can do that. If you'd like to join our Discord and join all the fun 
live event watch-alongs throughout Best of the Super Juniors, you can send me a direct message on Twitter and I'll hook you up with an invite link. Smooth Brain. Smooth Brain is my favorite channel, by the way. Yes, that's where we <laughs> make fun of bad things people have said on the internet. You might be one of them. <laughs> you might be one of them. Yeah, join and you can see if we've made fun of your bad taste. That's right. I'm sorry, Kurt. Uh, at, Co- <laughs> at Cobra Kawaii and... Oh, nearly scored there. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super Jcast for our great t-shirts. What, has anyone actually bought a Scampy shirt from Cobra Kawaii? I miss Scampy. Aww. I'm scared to ask how he's doing because I don't want to hear that. Right. You know, he's died or anything. I, the last I heard, which was a couple of years ago, he was doing great and enjoying his nice new home and i want to kind of leave it at that i think he's backpacking backpacking across europe right now (laughs) Uh, i heard he's surfing to kushida's (laughs) music yes yes all right great call back there by me all right thanks editor dan find him on twitter at lousy hero 219 subscribe to the voices of wrestling podcast network for other great shows give us a five snake review on itunes follow us on twitter at the super jcast thank you everybody for listening and goodbye Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.